switched over to the New Testament for a while. And, um, of course, you don't know anything, right? You don't know what the Old Testament is versus the New Testament and why there's even those things, right? Uh, and I think I've told you before, but when I was in school, back when they used to do it, they used to give you a new, a new Testament. Remember when they give you the New Testament, right? Now, if you did that, they'd probably just tase you or, you know, send you to prison for the rest of your life for doing such a thing because that would be a terrible thing. Transing the kids would be perfectly fine, but, uh, you know, changing their gender, but uh, but giving them a New Testament would be a horrific uh, uh, trial in their life, you know. But anyway, so they used to do that. Uh, and, you know, as a first or second grader, uh, they, they don't give you enough information, right? I always, I always, you know, if they didn't give you the information, I'd just fill in the blanks, right? And so when they would say this is the New Testament, I assumed, you know, I took that literal, like a brand new, like, like they just wrote it. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, I didn't know anything, uh, but I'm thinking, who could do that, right? Who, who, could, who could write a Bible? I mean, is that a thing? Do people do that? Do people actually write the Bible? Now, I didn't know there were authors of the Bible. I just thought it was, you know, gifted from heaven or something. I didn't know any context of it. And so, but, but uh, for years, it just, you know, wow, yeah, it's brand new. Like, I mean, you know, this is amazing you know, that people could do such a thing. Uh, and um, just like the other day, Chris made something. What is it you made? Uh, she made some, she cooked some food and uh, the other day and, and like made homemade like salad dressing. It's like, that's a thing you can actually, you don't have to buy it in a bottle. You can actually make your own salad. It's like, like miracle, you know? And, and so, you know, uh, people do stuff like that. And, and um, you know, it's always amazing. And you see, uh, of course, when I grew up, uh, my dad made all of our furniture. And I'm sure people are like, you just make your own furniture? You just made our own furniture. You know, I didn't realize it's because we was poor, you know, but, <laughs> you know, but it was good. I mean, it was solid, right? I mean, we had 11 kids and it lasted through all the 11 kids and, and wasn't destroyed. So uh, however he made it, it was pretty impressive, you know, but he made, uh, we had, at one time we had three bunk beds in one room. So there were six, uh, six boys in one room. Uh, that's a lot of stink right there, you know. I mean, you get, uh, and we only took a bath once a week, you know. So you get six boys in one room uh, every night and no bath for a week. You know, I mean, I don't know how we survived and all that stuff there, but... Um, um, so, <laughs> but all is well, amen, and, and um, you know, we're good, and so we're, we're thankful for the Word of God, amen. I'm so thankful the Lord has, has chosen to do this, to give us this Word, and that we have the ability to study it and the ability to, to um, learn from it, uh, and it's really, you know, the more you read the Word of God, the more familiar with it, and the less intimidating it is. You know, the Bible is not intimidating to me at all, um, and, and I look forward to reading it, you know, I re- look forward to reading uh, large portions of it and reading the whole New Testament all the way through and uh, because every time you do that, you learn things and you see things that, uh, in fact, they're just, we, we were um, studying some things in preparation for our services over in, in, um, uh, over in, in Dublin, Ireland and just saw some things there about the compassion of the Lord that I never saw before and so um, when they uh, teach that here before too awful long, uh, but praise God. Well, let's, uh, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. We'll open up the Bible tonight. So, Father, we do come before you humbly, Father, as students of the Word, as students, Father, to learn from you, to learn from the Spirit of God, who's our teacher, our instructor, who's our revealer. And so, Father, we come to you to, to hear from the voice of heaven. Father, we thank you that your Spirit will teach us, instruct us what your Word means to us, how we're supposed to apply your Word to us today. And so, Father, we thank you that you'll do that because you said you would, and we allow you to do that in our lives. And we give you the praise and the honor for these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's open our, our Bibles up to uh, Philippians chapter 4. So uh, we, we were talking uh, last week about some of the uh, conflict that was going on in churches, right? And um, although the, Paul is addressing a local issue here, uh, between our good friend Yodius and, and uh, Syntyche. Um, it, it's it's uh, information for us to know that if he's addressing conflict in a local church 2,000 years ago, are there any conflicts in local churches today? There are. That's why the Lord wrote these things, you know, because if there's conflicts going on. And so it does tell you uh, both on both sides of things uh, how, first of all, uh, as leadership, how we should deal with this, right? I beseech you, I beg thee, I ask you to, to not do this. Um, we could come down with a hammer, right, and, uh, and evict 
these two ladies out of the church, throw them out of the church. We could, uh, of course, this was kind of public right here, right? Um, but it was a letter written to the church, uh, and so it was somewhat public there. Uh, and typically, uh, my observation is the Spirit of God is not interested in publicizing your sin. Amen? However, if you choose to exhibit your sin publicly, oftentimes the Spirit of God will rebuke you publicly. Amen? Uh, and so, so that's, that's not a law or rule, but that's what you, we tend to find in the Word of God, that the Lord would prefer to deal with you in your prayer closet. Hey, don't do that again. Don't say that again. Uh, but if uh, some people, they're just slow, right? Uh, and sometimes we're all slow. Uh, and I remember a, a story where there was a pastor who had a, a, a praise and worship leader who just loved this one particular song. And they would sing this song. And one day the pastor said, I don't like that song. Don't sing that song anymore. So what should the song leader have done? Don't ever play that song like ever again, right? Uh, and so, but then they had a special meeting one time uh, and the, the, the song leader got up, started singing that song. Well, so what are you going to do? Now, nobody knew that the pastor had told them not to do that before. So, but why did you do it that way? Well, he's thinking, well, the pastor's not going to stop anything because, I'm, I'm, you know, the service has started and, you know, you're not going to ruin a service by stopping it. Well, the pastor said, hang on, hang on. I told you not to sing that song. And, of course, he's mad and some of the people in the church are mad and, you know, he ends up leaving the church. Uh, you know, I can't believe the pastor did that. Well, he's full of the devil, or the song leader is, because he knows that uh, it's going to be a lot more difficult to publicly uh, ask him to stop singing that song, but he'd already asked him to do it privately, and so now he's just full of rebellion. And the, my Bible says that rebellion is as a sin of what? Witchcraft, Witchcraft right? And so, uh, you know, and that's really what he's doing. He's manipulating, trying to ma manipulate, like witchcraft, the pastor and the people of look how spiritual I am, look how special I am, I'm singing this awesome song, and you all think I must be super anointed from God. Uh, and so, but it was just all motivated by rebellion, amen, which is the original sin. Uh, and so, so, you know, the Lord doesn't want to deal with it that way, but he will, amen. He will sometimes publicly deal with things. And, uh, and I always encourage folks, spend a lot of time on your knees, uh, and, and you'll be amazed at how little God ever deals with things publicly. Amen. How little he'll deal with you publicly. Uh, and, and, you know, of course, just uh, in prayer sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll say things and, and maybe not in a, in a direct way. But, uh, but uh, you know, the Lord cares about people. Amen. He, he cares about people and, because sometimes it's really hard for people to overcome being publicly corrected. Amen. Like that fellow, he just left the church. Well, he shouldn't have left the church. Uh, he, he'd have been better off. Uh, staying and growing up he would he would have actually helped more people if he would have then got up and says you know you're right i just really like that song pastor and i, and I apologize for doing that and uh, it won't happen again amen that that would have been the correct mature thing to do that you know uh paul's still dealing with immature people right he's having to tell people publicly to do that uh, and you know the story but uh, i mean sometimes it's a good story when we first started the church many years ago we had the sound booth over there, and Jared was running. It was actually not the sound booth. It was a sound table. We didn't have a booth at the time. Uh, and so we had this family that had just started coming to church, and they, they told us, you know, we've been praying for a church like this for five years. You know, word church, a spirit church, you know, praying, Lord, send us a church. Uh, and so praise God, you know, that's awesome. And so um, we sang, you know, praise and worship, and then uh, I got up, and as, you know, sometimes the Lord will, will just kind of have me go just kind of like we're here we're not in philippians yet we're, we're working there towards there right uh but um uh and so i started talking about me running sound i said you know i've run sound for years i know all there is to know about sound i mean you know all the i'm not i don't know everything but i know a lot about sound but uh especially as being trained as an engineer educated as an engineer i would learn all the technical aspects about sound and pressure and decibel levels and all what all that stuff means and the different types of cables and you know really really super exciting things right uh and so <clears throat> uh, but i said if i walked into a church and the speakers were on fire or they were falling off the walls i wouldn't say anything none of my business right now if they knew i was running knew, knew some about sound and they asked me you know maybe i'd do something about it uh, and and i told about uh, one time with uh, when i was at one of brother randy's meeting 
they were having problems with the sound, and, and so Miss Patty asked me, because she knew I ran sound, she said, hey, Pastor Chip, would you go back there and help them? And I said, no, because uh, if I just went back there and said, I know about sound, uh, move over let me, and let me help you, that would be me usurping or taking a position that doesn't belong to me. I said, if you'll go back there and tell them that you've asked me to do that, I said, I'll be glad to do it. And she did, and I did, and we got it fixed, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal at all. And then I went on, right? I didn't say anything else after that. I just went on to whatever the message was that, for that particular day. Well, after the service, someone came up to me and said, did you know that they were back there, that as soon as the song started, that that, that fellow went back to the sound booth, kind of pushed Jared aside and started changing the knobs and buttons, fixing things that, that he didn't think was right or could have been better. And no, I didn't know that, you know. Uh, and so what was the Spirit of God doing? Well, the Spirit of God was publicly rebuking him without me knowing that he was pub- publicly rebuking him. Uh, and so I had a pure heart in that because... You know, I wasn't intentionally slamming him publicly because I didn't know he was doing it. I, which, which way was I facing? I was facing this way right here. I don't, do we have any mirrors on the walls? There's no mirrors on the wall, right? Uh, and, uh, and so, but the Lord knew. Uh, and so uh, he never came back to church. I called him, you know, texted him a couple times, you know, nothing, just ghosted me. And uh, Well, he'd been praying for a church that the Spirit of God would move in for five years. And the first time he comes there, it wasn't the first, very first time, it was the second or third time. Spirit of God moves in a supernatural way, and he leaves. And, of course, he hasn't been back since then, you know. And you think about that. He, what he should have done is come up to me after the service and said, Pastor, that was me you was talking about. I did that very same thing there, and I'd like to apologize for doing that. If you'd like any help with the sound, I've ran, I've ran sound, know about sound, I'll be glad to help. That's what he could have done, should have done. Of course, he never should have gone over there and... and um, pushed Jared aside anyway. He could have said, hey, Jared, I noticed that this is happening. Can I show you how to fix it? That would have been fine, but he didn't do that. He just pushed Jared aside because Jared was, I think, what, 12 years old at the time, you know? Uh, you know, you can't really push Jared aside now. He, he's, you know, uh, he's stout, uh, and, and uh, you should play racquetball with him sometime, you know? Uh, and so he's played sports for a lot of years, and so, you know, but when you're 12, you know, he was, you know, a foot shorter than he is now, uh, and, um, and sometimes adults think that they can just push aside uh, children and get their way, and, and so, you know, it's kind of embarrassing. So, you know, that, that, well, that's, has he ever read about these two women? Obviously not. If he'd read about these two women, he wouldn't have done that, amen? Uh, because, you, uh, you know, nothing wrong with being a, a servant and a help, but that, he wasn't helping anybody. He was, he was insulting Jared. He, he was taking a position that wasn't his, uh, and, and he wasn't honoring uh, his fellow Christian, which is Jared, at all. You know, he was dishonoring Jared by uh, implying that he knew more than Jared. And he probably did, but it's still dishonorable to do that. You know, we're supposed to honor each other, amen? Uh, and it doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. It doesn't mean that you have to uh, say that Jared knows everything there is to know about sound. Uh, clearly, he didn't at the time. He knows a lot more about it now than he did then. Uh, but the, uh, these things still going on in church? They're still going on in church, amen? Uh, and yet church should be a place where there's no conflict. There should be no strife, no, no contention in church, uh, no confusion. And yet uh, the only problem with that is the church is made up of people. If you just get rid of the people, you wouldn't have any problems at all, right? Uh, and so, but then we got other problems to deal with, right? If we get rid of all the people, then, then the, what's the point of church, obviously, amen? Uh, and so <clears throat> uh, all is well, amen? Uh, so I believe the Lord desires to deal with, with things privately first. That's always my first in, intent is to deal with things privately. Uh, and I don't know that I've ever dealt with anything uh, publicly other than just, you know, minor things. You know, someone, uh, you know, like during healing school, I remember one time years ago, uh, someone wanted to make a comment about, uh, about something in healing school. And they said, well, my arthritis is acting up. Well, you've got to be careful about saying things in the middle of, of you know, uh, when I'm teaching, especially something like that, because immediately I said, what do you mean your arthritis? It doesn't belong to you. And of course, you know, they're kind of like, what, 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 what that, that's not what I was trying to get to, you know? Well, let's back up. If you own arthritis, then how's the Lord going to heal it? Amen. No, it wasn't yours to begin with. Did you create it? Did you own it? You know, don't you, don't own it. You know, you can say my knee uh, is trying to have arthritis in it, you know, I'll let that slide. But when you say my arthritis, then there's nothing for me to pray about, amen, because you want to keep it, I guess. Uh, and so, uh, so just, you know, be careful about things like that, you know. And so, and on occasion, you know, uh, uh, anybody remember Miss Sue when she was here? She's gone on to be with the Lord now, you know. And, and uh, uh, you know, I love Miss Sue. Uh, we, were, uh, we were dear friends. 
Uh, but she had a few squirrely ideas about, you know, the Lord had um, uh, that, what's it, uh, what's the, what's the astrology? Yeah, she thought the astrology was biblical because there was 12 tribes and there's 12 uh, zodiac symbols. And it's like, no, <laughs> just no. And every now and then she'd pull out one of those things, you know, sometimes we'd, we'd correct it, but, you know, we, we didn't always make a big deal of it. But, um, you know, but she, she wouldn't mind asking very pointed questions, you know. In fact, the very first time she was here, uh, she came the very first Sunday of healing school, which is January 2015. Uh, she, she said, well, uh, if you're not supposed to be sick, how are you supposed to die and go to heaven? <laughs> well, you know, uh, you could have just written that question, you know, instead of starting out the very first uh, service, you know, interrupting, the, uh, interrupting everybody. But, uh, but it was fine because the first service we were talking about the will of God to heal, that it's always God's will every single time without exception to heal. And, if, of course, that, that's true, but if you've never heard that, you think that's, that's conflicting with reality. That, that well, you've got to die somehow. Well, that's true, you've got to die somehow, but you could just turn the light off and go, go out the door, right? To just leave your body, your spirit can leave your body. The Bible says that, uh, that, that uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Uh, and so you don't have to die of sickness and disease. Now, that, that's the general uh, way people go, but that's not the way God wants you to go. He, just, he wants to tell you, hey, next Tuesday I want you to come home. And if you've lived a long, satisfying life, then you go, okay, Lord, I think I'll do that. And you can tell your friends and family, hey, next Tuesday I'm going home. And I've heard many stories of great saints of God that have gone exactly that way. And I believe that's God's perfect will. Amen. Uh, and so we're here. Then we got down, of course, to, um, we talked about the book of life some there. And that our names are written in the book of life. And they will stay written in there until um, uh, they're, uh, we don't know when they originally get written in there. Were they written in there from original, like, uh, like, like infinity ago, uh, and that may be the case. It may be the case that it get gets written in there when, when uh, at conception. Um, it may, uh, and those are the only really two options that I see that it could occur. Uh, and then it will remain in there until, um, until uh, it, it gets blotted out. So it could get blotted out. So I, I don't know when it will get blotted out. Does it get blotted out when... Uh, you reach the age of accountability and uh, die spiritually, and then you have to be reborn according to, to Romans chapter 7. Or does it wait until you breathe your last breath on the air, on, on the earth, and then you no longer have a choice to accept Jesus or not? Uh, I suspect that it gets uh, blotted out when you lose your salvation, and it gets put back in there when you uh, actually, not when you lose your salvation, but when you die spiritually, uh, and gets put back in there when you get born again. We don't, ha we don't have the details on that. All I know is it's better to have it written than not have it not written. Amen. And the guaranteed way to have it written in there is to accept the Lord Jesus. Uh, and that's all you got to do. Amen. Don't have to, to say three Hail Marys or uh, attend a particular church or be baptized according to somebody's rules or regulations. Accept the Lord Jesus. Amen. Get saved in uh, your name is in, in the book of life forever. Uh, so that at the end of time, when, when the judgment occurs, uh, he's going to go through the book of life. Amen. And he's only going to ask you one question. Is your name in the book of life? Now, he does talk about uh, judging you according to the deeds done in your body, but that, that's only either for if you're, if you're not in the book of life to determine the punishments that you'll receive for eternity, or if you are in the book of life to determine the rewards that you'll get. Uh, and so there's only, uh, that's not to determine whether or not you're coming into heaven is by reviewing the, the deeds that you've done in the body. Uh, and so he's going to review the deeds done in the body for everybody, good people, bad people, uh, all Christians. He said he's going to review every, every deed, good and bad, he said, of the, of the church. Won't that be a fun day, right? <laughs> Won't that be just a, a, a barrel of fun right there? Uh, and so I'm hoping that it's behind closed doors, right, uh, with no video cameras or anything. Uh, and so not, not for the whole uh, eternity to see we don't know. He's the head of the church. Jesus can do it however he chooses, and uh, not any of my business, other than I'm going to try to minimize that as much as I possibly can. Amen? So that uh, uh, when I get there, he'll be like, oh, we've already taken care of all of those, uh, and uh, let's move on. Amen? So uh, I would encourage you uh, to minimize uh, things that are deeds done in body that, that are in direct rebellion to the Word of God. Uh, and uh, if you do 
commit any of those infractions, repent as quickly as you can. Amen. Uh, that will surely minimize the, the discomfort that you experience when you stand before uh, the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, and so, and also just as a, as a side note, uh, in that, you know, in Hebrews chapter 13, uh, you know, this is, to me, this has always been an interesting verse here in Hebrews chapter 13, where he talks about the leadership in the church. Uh, and he says, uh, obey them. And this is Hebrews 13, 17. He said, obey them that have rule over you uh, and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. So uh, first of all, uh, uh, this is talking about the spiritual authority of the church, right? So there's not talking about your boss at work, not talking about your mom or dad. This is somebody that, that is watching for your souls, not for your spirits, right? For your souls, right? So you're, uh, because our souls are what need to be renewed uh, to the Word of God. Our spirits are already made new uh, by accepting the Lord Jesus. Uh, uh, and so this would, uh, this would primarily be the pastors of the churches. Amen? Uh, and so obey them that have rule over you. Now, is that an absolute obeying? Is it obeying no matter what? No, there's no absolute obeying of anybody, any human being on the earth. Uh, it's obeying as long as it lines up with the Word of God. Amen? And the Spirit of God in you. And so are we supposed to uh, obey uh, governments and those in authority? 100%. Uh, what if they tell us to do something that's not biblical? We have no uh, requirement to follow that at all. Remember Peter, uh, when they told Peter to quit uh, preaching the, the, the gospel? He said, uh, whether it, uh, we should obey God or man, you decide. We're going to follow God. Of course, that made him unhappy, you know. Uh, and and I, I don't have any interest of ever getting arrested, but if I ever get arrested, I'm going to read that verse right there uh, uh, and say, uh, for something that I've said, right? Now, if you go to Canada, you can just say, God is love, and they'll probably arrest you nowadays. It's like in Canada, it's become crazy, right? And if they ever get a hold of this, this message, they may never let me in Canada again. Even though my heritage is from Canada, you know, I got nothing against the Canadian people, but the government has just gone kind of bonkers up there. But it's to obey those that have rule over you and submit yourselves uh, for they watch for your souls, which I thought it, it's interesting, amen, uh, as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So uh, uh, the Lord Jesus is going to ask me to give account for all of you. Won't that be interesting, right? <laughs> and so I expect everybody to butter me up really good after the service today, amen. Uh, and so uh, uh, and one, uh, the word grief there means uh, to sigh or to groan, right? That, that he may do it not with sighing or groaning. So like uh, the, the, worst, the worst response is when Jesus says, uh, uh, hey, Pastor Chip, tell me about so-and-so. And if my response is, that's not a good day, right? That, that, is not, that is not the response you want me to have when he asks about your name, amen? Uh, and, and so, I, I didn't write, did I write this? I did not write this, right? The, the Lord Jesus inspired uh, the, the author to write that. And so, I, so I, just, I just love that verse because there's a whole list of people there's going to be a lot of sighing about, Lord. <laughs> now, he's going to ask my pastor when I get to heaven at the end of days about me too, right? And I, and, I, um, and, and I want more than anything for my pastor not to sigh, amen? Uh, and I hope he's not. I don't think he is going to. Uh, but uh, I do remember one time, uh, you know, I used to watch him all the time. We'd travel and stuff, and I, he would talk to people. And people would just say the craziest things. They'd just make up doctrine, you know, and he just things are just wacko. And, uh, and, um, and, of course, you know, you can, uh, in polite companies say, oh, that, you know, yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, that's, you know, that's good, that's good. No, he never did that because that's kind of lying, right? You know, you can't do that. He'd just say something like, is that right? Uh, or, or he'd just go, hmm. Hmm. Uh, and I remember one, after lunch one time, there, there was a particular lady at that church who was doing that. And we, so we got back in the car and I said, Pastor, I said, one of my greatest goals in life is for me to have a conversation with you and you never to respond with, hmm. Because I know when you do that, that you think I'm crazy and not, nothing I've said it makes any sense, but you don't want to tell me that at that moment. And so, uh, of course, they never picked up on that, right? They just thought by him just saying, hmm, that he agreed with everything they said. No need to start a fight sometimes, amen. And so, uh, they may go to the grave thinking, that pastor liked everything I said. He didn't believe a thing you said. Uh, and so, uh, uh, but, uh, and I have actually learned that. So if I ever do that, you might want to question, well, he, he never did say he agreed with me, right? And, and one thing I would encourage you to notice is uh, my lack of agreement is not agreement. Amen? 
dis, uh, or my, my lack of disagreement is not agreement, right? If you say something that's really, really dumb, and I don't, I don't say, well, that's wrong. That doesn't mean I agree with it, amen? That just means that I'm leaving it alone. Uh, and so the, the one lady that, that pushed that, she was telling me about how God wanted her husband to suffer to teach him things, right? And what's, well, wow, wouldn't you want to be married to a woman like that, right? <laughs> and so uh, is she going to help the Lord somehow? Here, let me you know, put some salt in the wound. And so, so she's going on and on about, well, you know, sometimes God just wants you to suffer and all these things. And I'm just looking at her. I'm not saying it. I'm just looking at her. And finally she stops and says, you don't believe a word I'm saying. I said, no, ma'am, I don't believe anything you're saying. Nothing you said is right. Uh, and so and then she never came back to church after that. Uh, and so uh, I'm not trying to run anybody off. I, I mean, I, I wanted to come back. That's why I didn't say anything. But then sometimes you push it, and it's like, look, I mean, I'm, I, you can't make me lie. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and, and I wasn't mean about it. I just said, there's nothing you said is biblical, which was true. I mean, you, her response should have been, really? Can you tell me why? And I could have given her, you know, an entire 500-page book of why it's, everything she said was not biblical. But uh, no, it was more important for her to, to go home with her dying sick husband than to learn how to obtain healing and get him off the deathbed. And of course, he ended up dying and, and she never came back to church. And, and uh, uh, I'm sure, you know, when we, well, uh, and so, uh, you know, I'm sure they're in heaven together now because, you know, they were fairly old anyway. And, and um, you know, he's probably like, you, honey, you, you could have got me up. Right? You just listened to what the pastor said. He would have got me off the deathbed. But now I got to go home early and I missed all the grandkids and I missed that. You know, uh, I'm sure there's no fussing in heaven. But, you know, he might have politely said something to her about it. I don't know. You know so anyway, I'm going to leave it all alone, none of my business. But uh, So anyway, we're going to, uh, that's the book of life, amen? Is your name written in the book of life? It is if you've accepted the Lord Jesus. That's all you got to know, right? When it is, when it's not, you know, uh, those things are interesting to discuss sometimes, but uh, you can guarantee it's there, amen? Uh, and that's the most important thing to know is you can absolutely guarantee on your way to heaven, all you have to do is, is accept the Lord Jesus, uh, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, right? Accept the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and, and, um, and you'll be saved, uh, absolutely guaranteed 100%. Uh, uh, it's not maybe, it's not we'll see, it's guaranteed, amen? Uh, you don't have to feel anything, you don't have to feel any different. It's, a, it's an act of faith, amen? And so we like the, the book of life, we're thankful that it's there. Uh, and then he gets right into uh, verse four there, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And of course, uh, the most important thing about this verse, I believe, is uh, when did Paul write this? Where was Paul located when he wrote this verse? He was in Roman prison, amen? Uh, and so uh, he's telling these people to rejoice in the Lord. Uh, and, and so uh, I'm going to check, did, uh, did, we, did we read Acts chapter 16 last time we were here? Uh, and so uh, in relation to, to this, you can look it up there and see if we looked it up there or not. Uh, 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 Acts 6, yeah, okay, that was a different thing. All right, well, let's turn over to Acts chapter 16 there. And so <clears throat> we keep notes of, of what verses we are on. So uh, <clears throat> not that there's anything wrong with repeating a verse here. Uh, but but uh, so Paul is writing to the Philippians. Now, of course, Paul was in Philippi at one time. Philippi is the city that the, the, the Philippian church was located in. And so Paul had gone to uh, Philippi and was preaching there. And of course, uh, everything was going great. And then this woman, uh, uh, let's start in verse 16, Acts chapter 16, verse 16. It says, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us which brought her masters much gain by the soothsaying, right? So she was a fortune teller, uh, and she was possessed uh, with a devil. Uh, are, are anybody, is anybody in the world possessed with devils today? Well, sure they are, right? Uh, and so uh, it's, uh, uh, it's probably more prevalent than we even think, amen? And our polite society, we don't see it as much because... Um, a lot of people that are possessed with devils are, are you know, slobbering and kind of wide-eyed, crazy-looking people. But there's a lot of uh, polite people that are, that are possessed with devils. Uh, they just, it's not as, as uh, uh, obvious. Uh, but this woman, she was a, a, uh, a productive member of the society, if you will. I don't know how productive she was, but she was a, uh, a sought-out member of society here. So she wasn't as crazy person uh, like you would think, you know, Hollywood, when they talk about uh, or, or show people that are devil-possessed, 
it's always some insane person spinning their head around, all, you know, spitting up pea soup, floating in air. Uh, that's not, this woman wasn't that. She, she was probably a sane person, or appeared to be sane anyway. Uh, and so she was a fortune teller, and, and was, uh, she had masters who took advantage of that. Because, you know, the devil, uh, although he's not divine, he has no knowledge of the future, he has complete and total knowledge of the past. Because he's got spies everywhere, so he knows everything people are doing for the most part, amen. Uh, uh, and so now he doesn't generally like to be around faith people, Christians that are full of faith, because it makes him uncomfortable. But he may observe a lot of the things that we do from afar. Uh, and so could he not repeat that in a conversation to somebody who, uh, uh, who is possessed by one of his minions? Well, sure he could. Now, it appears to be divine because it's information that, well, how would they know that? Well, if, if you had spy cameras everywhere that you went, uh, like you go to China, they've got cameras everywhere, amen? Uh, and, uh, and you probably can't hardly do anything in China without being filmed. Uh, and so <clears throat> they tried to do that in UKs, but all the rebellious people in the UK are smashing the cameras off the, off the sides of buildings. And so, uh, but, uh, but if there was enough cameras that saw everything you did, uh, it would appear to be divine. Well, how'd you know that? Well, if you didn't know those cameras were there, how would you know that, that uh, somebody figured that out? You would think that it's supernatural, but, it's, but uh, I mean, it is supernatural because it came from the spirit realm, but it's not divine, right? Only God can know the future. <clears throat> and so, but, but the devil can, uh, he's also, uh, he's been around long enough, he could play the odds and get them right a lot of times, right? Uh, well, they're, they're doing this, this, this. Well, more than likely tomorrow they're going to do that. Uh, and, you know, he could probably play the odds and get them right 50-50% of the time. And if he's like 80-20, uh, you can make money even at 80-20, amen? If you're zero for 100, well, you're not going to make any money of that. But if you could guess what somebody's going to do 80% of the time, then uh, you could probably still make some money that way. So I would encourage you, don't pursue that as a line of, of uh, uh, as your career, amen? And so this woman, it says in verse 17, the same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of salvation. And this did she, this, uh, did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. So it's interesting. Well, first of all, what she said it was true, right? These men are the servants of the Most High God who show us the way of salvation. That's a true statement, amen? Is that what, what Paul and Silas were doing? That's exactly what they were doing. So what's the problem? Well, you want a possessed person telling, uh, running behind you everywhere we go, uh, uh, witnessing on your behalf? No, you don't want some devil-possessed person doing that. Uh, and so, uh, but what did Paul do the first time she said that? Nothing, because it said, this did she many days, right? So what did Paul do the second time she did that? Nothing. Uh, well, why did Paul wait for many days to do that? Well, there's a few things going on here. First of all, she's possessed with the devil, right? Does she want to be possessed with the devil? As far as we know, she wants to be possessed with the devil. She's making money for her masters. And, you know, if she's making money for her masters, you know they've got to be treating her well because they don't want to, you know, kill the golden goose. Amen? Mm -hmm. And so they're going to treat her with some level of respect and, and care. Uh, and so uh, they don't want to get rid of that. We have no inclination that, that, uh, that she wanted to be free from this demonic spirit. You know, some people don't want to be free. You know, the, the people that came out of Egypt, all the Israelites, they were slaves for how many years? 430 years or so, but, you know, they weren't slaves the whole time. It kind of was a progressive thing, right? They started out with being friends of Pharaoh because Jacob or, or Joseph was there as the second in command of Egypt. So they started out with friends of Pharaoh, but then other Pharaoh rose up and, the, and they started realizing, well, they're kind of, you know, they keep multiplying. They have all these children and they're getting pretty big and we, so we've got to control this. So they kind of slowly uh, turned them into slaves over, over many decades. Uh, and eventually they, they were uh, slaves under uh, a taskmaster of Egypt. And the Lord supernaturally delivers them. And they get to go walk free into the promised land eventually. Uh, but while they're in the wilderness, how many times did Israel say, we had it better in Egypt? Many times they said that, right? I don't know the exact count of it, but many times they said that. There, there's just certain people who they do not want to be free. They can't handle being free. And I know that sounds odd, right? Especially in our country because our whole country is based on, well, we want to be free. That's why we started the country to begin with. We want to be free from taxes. Uh, what's that? 
Yeah, and, and, and it wasn't the only time that they did that. And so, uh, but there's just certain people that just, uh, they, want, they don't want to have any freedom. They just want somebody else to tell them what to do. And really the politicians bank on that because there's a certain number of people, even in America, we don't want to work, we don't want to do anything, we just want somebody to send us a check, tell us what to do. Uh, and you're always going to have people that way. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's so foreign to my thinking that I, you know, I, don't, I don't want to answer to anybody, right, except for the Lord Jesus in, in that sense. Amen. I sure don't want, uh, I don't want to be a slave of any kind. But there, there will always be people who are satisfied with being that way. Uh, and, I, you know, for whatever reason. Amen. Uh, and so we don't know uh, what, this, what this particular woman wanted uh, and so Paul, because he didn't know her will in the matter, uh, you know, if somebody came to you and said, I'm possessed with the devil, I want to be free, can you help me? Well, the answer is absolutely yes. I mean, Mark 16 says that we, uh, we can cast, in my name, they shall cast out devils. So we could cast, if somebody wants to cast out, wants a devil to be free from the devil, well, yeah, it's not even a big deal. We should make it a big deal. It was a big deal, you know, the church, anybody remember the 80s, right? The 80s, everything was a devil. Uh, and uh, uh, wallpaper was the devil, and your, your car acting up was the devil, and your washing machine was, had a devil in it. And, uh, I mean, it was really, a, that, if, you had a, if you were just mad, you had a devil. If you were having a bad day, you had a devil. Uh, and it was really exhausting, and it was just, you know, it was unfortunate that, that they got into the extreme in that area. And it really d- diminished the reality that we have power over the devil. Uh, that's still a true statement regardless of our excesses from the 80s and even in certain circles it still goes on today in that area uh, and so if, if this woman had wanted to be free she could have gone to Paul and Silas and said I want to be free from this devil she didn't do that she yielded to the devil and followed behind them and said things that she had no natural knowledge that, that was the case but by the knowledge of that spirit that, was, that she was possessed with knew that Paul and Silas were ministers of the gospel. And so she's yielding to the devil here by uh, giving this information out uh, and exposing Paul and Silas because, you know, they knew that the, the, a lot of the Jews didn't like what they were preaching and they, they were trying to keep low-key in a lot of, a lot of these areas. Um, and so there was nothing for him to do. If somebody doesn't express their will, there's nothing for you to do. Uh, and that's the general uh, best way to handle uh, any kind of uh, demonic situation is number one, find out what their will is. Because if they want to keep it, then you should do nothing. Now, uh, you know, sometimes people have said, well, if somebody wants to keep the devil, uh, then there's nothing you can do about it. And I don't know if that's technically, uh, technically accurate doctrine because uh, let's turn over to, to uh, Matthew chapter 12. <clears throat> And we'll explain what I mean by that here in just a second. Uh, It says here in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43, it says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man. Well, that doesn't, it's not limited to just the male part of the species, right? The unclean spirit could just as well come out of the the woman, amen? Uh, It says, he, the unclean spirit, walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. And he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Now, then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto all this wicked generation. So uh, from, if you look at that, that context of that story there and what Jesus was saying and what Paul did in Acts chapter 16, um, this is a little bit my opinion, but it's based on what, uh, reading those things, is this woman didn't want to be free, but because she was an affront to the move of God, uh, Paul dealt with it by special faith. Uh, and he could only do that by the unction of the Holy Spirit. So he had no direct right to cast the devil out of her because she did not uh, let him know she wanted to be free from that. So he had, there was nothing he could do until the Spirit of God uh, gave him the authority to do that. Now, if somebody else gives you the authority in their life to do it, then you don't need any information from heaven. If someone comes to you and I want to be free, then you automatically, according to Mark chapter 16, have a right and privilege to use the authority of the name of Jesus and to cast the devil out. However, if somebody possessed with the devil comes and tries to uh, cause difficulty in your life, then you have to wait from headquarters to find out what you're supposed to do. You need to wait from the Spirit of God to know what you're supposed to do in that situation. 
if he wants you to do anything at all. Uh, and so if he does, you know, he didn't want Paul to do anything the first day. He didn't want Paul to do anything the second day. Uh, it says after many days, so it wasn't even three days, right? We don't know how many days are, but it wasn't one day or two days, right? It was many days. Uh, and so at some point, then the Spirit of God gave him the unction because you can't cast the devil out without, uh, uh, first of all, the authority to do that. He had no direct authority because the woman didn't give him the authority. So he had to get the authority from the Spirit of God to do that. And the Spirit of God then would have to grant him uh, the privilege of using primarily special faith in order to do that. And that only comes by the will of God. And so, so in this case, he cast the devil out of somebody who didn't want the devil cast out of her, but she was an enemy to God. She was a hindrance to the move of God. And so God will deal with his enemies if, if they cause a hindrance to his move. Amen. Uh, and so, but you've got you've to be led by the Spirit of God, especially in a case like this. Because if you go back to Matthew 12, she could have ended up worse off. If she got free and didn't want to go pursue God, she, could, she got free from the devil there in, in uh, verse 18. Uh, so she got free from the devil, but if she didn't want to be free, she would, have, she would have allowed the devil to come back. And according to Matthew 12, he would have come back with seven of his friends. Uh, and she would have been worse off. You know, because the other ones may not have been so kind and so uh, considerate to allow her to make money. They just may want her to torment her while she was on the earth. And so we don't know the end of this woman. So that's why you've you got to be careful. You know, so, so my point is oftentimes we hear the doctrine that you can't cast the devil out of somebody who doesn't want the devil to leave. That's not technically true, although that's, the, that's really the wise thing to do. If someone doesn't want the devil cast out of them, leave it alone. Now, if the Spirit of God says, now you go do something anyway, well, then that's fine. If the, the, the Lord can always do that, and he would have to grant you the, the supernatural power to do that uh, in that case, right? Because normally all you need is regular faith plus the name of Jesus, and that's sufficient to cast the devil out of anybody who wants it to be free from that. And so, uh, so he does that. Paul casts the devil out, amen, and everything's good, right? Well, no. <laughs> and so, and when her masters saw that the hope of their gain was gone, because suddenly she couldn't tell anything. Well, what's going to happen? I have no idea. Well, who did that? We don't know. So what she could do before, she couldn't do now. And uh, it was obvious. So she wasn't just faking it. Amen. She wasn't just, uh, she wasn't a charlatan. You know, there are a lot of people who are charlatans that they'll, they'll tell you things that they think they know about you, but they're just, you know, they can read your mind. They can't read your mind, uh, but they can read body language and they can figure out some things. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, years ago when I was in high school, I was going to this particular church. It wasn't a spirit-filled church. Spirit-filled church we were going to at the time and closed down. And so uh, they decided to have this youth meeting. And the, the whole youth meeting was this guy. He was, he was a mind reader. And he's going to just reading people's minds. And, 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 of course, I'm thinking, you know, uh, devil. You know, why are we listening to this devil guy? But I'm just a kid, right? I'm like 17 years old. And, uh, and all the adults going, oh, this is so fun. And I'm just steaming. You can see the steam coming off of me, and, uh, you know, I wasn't Elijah. I didn't rise up and, and kill the prophets or anything like that, uh, but I was mad, and, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with you people? You let your youth come to this devilish meeting here, and the guy just, just he said, I can read your mind. You know, t- think of something, and I'm going to tell you what you're thinking about, uh, and uh, <laughs> I just thought, there's something wrong with this picture, amen, <laughs> and so that was at a church, right? That was at a, at a church. I can, I can take you to the exact church right now where it happened, amen? Uh, and, and it's just embarrassing that they would do that, open up all those people to the devil. And the devil didn't get on me, you know, but, uh, uh, but I don't know about the rest of the folks, amen? Uh, so, uh, but anyway, so they were mad because uh, the hope of their gains was gone. So they caught Paul and Silas and threw them into the market, uh, drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes. You know, there's a lot of clothes ripping in the Bible. You ever notice that? What's the deal? What? You ever had that urge? No, I've never had that urge, right? I just never, never, you know, I can rip my clothes off. Uh, but, I mean, it, you, a lot of Jewish people ripped their clothes off. Kings ripped their clothes off, right? Remember one time the king ripped his clothes off, and, and uh, I think it was Elisha said, I heard the king ripped his clothes off. What's going on? Uh, and so, uh, you know, I never have one. Why is that a thing, right? I mean, why, why is that a thing? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, and so, uh, so the magistrates rent off their clothes, 
and commanded to beat them. Uh, and so, and when they had laid many stripes on them, so now Paul, remember, later on Paul talks about all the stripes that he received. This is one of the times when he was beaten, right? And, you know, they, uh, uh, this, this was beaten to, to inflict major harm and punishment on you, amen? It was not, uh, I mean, I was whipped as a child, and, uh, but never like this, amen? Uh, I had, did have, uh, you know, we used to use those switches, right? And they'd have, and they'd get on your bare legs. That was always the best for the parents, right? To get your bare legs. And they, all those welts would rise up and sometimes they'd bleed, amen? And, and anybody ever got whipped like that and, uh, until they bled? Uh, now, it wasn't like they kept, they kept going after that. It was just, you know, they, they, it was swift and sure, uh, well, I was going to say justice, but it was just judgment. Uh, and there was no justice really at all in it. But, uh, and so, uh, but that was not, nothing what Paul and them experienced. Uh, and so, so after they beat him, then they cast him in the prison, charging the jailer to keep them secure, who had received such a charge, thrust him into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. So they locked them up, threw them in, a, in the pit of the, the, the depths of the prison. And these, uh, we were in Malta one time uh, on, a, on a trip, and they showed us the prison, the, where, uh, where one, uh, similar to what Paul had, had been in. It wasn't a building, right? Nice building with air conditioning and, you know, these, it was a hole in the ground. It was just a hole in the ground, and they put some metal bars over it, and that was the prison. Uh, and, and so the inner prison would have been even a deeper hole in the ground. Uh, so the, the, the number one goal wasn't how do we make people comfortable? That was not on the list of priorities. I mean, they were digging this hole in the ground. Uh, and so uh, and not only did they beat him, then they threw him in the depths of the prison. Then they locked him in stock so he couldn't move. Uh, and, and that's where he stayed. And so uh, in verse 25, at midnight... Paul and Silas started moaning and complaining about how hard it is being a Christian. Is, is that what it says? No, it's not what it says. It says they prayed and they sang praises unto God. <clears throat> Why? If they kill him, they're going to heaven. Amen? What's the worst they could do to him? What, uh, so, so often I hear people complaining about things like you, you get food every day. You have a house over your head every day. You know, uh, Life is, you think it's hard, but just go back to Philippi. That's hard. Uh, how many of us could survive this uh, in today's society? Amen. Uh, you know, uh, my pastor always loved when we go on, when we go on uh, mission trips. You know, he, he, he made an observation I think was pretty accurate. He said, everybody's spiritual day one, day two. But day three, reality sets in. Amen. Uh, and so uh, if you want to go on a mission trip, uh, and you don't want anybody to know how unspiritual you are, only go on two-day mission trips, right? <laughs> don't ever go on a three-day mission trip because you're not going to make it, right? And so, uh, and that was the case. We went to Africa one time, and there was a bunch of people that they'd never traveled. You know, they had never traveled anywhere, but now they're in, on another continent. And in about three days, they're just crying. It's so hard. Like, What's hard? It's hot. Okay, that's it? It's so hot. Oh, well, okay. What else, you know? Uh, well, yeah, there's big bugs, you know, and, and it's just, it, it, and it's hot. It just, and you're thinking, you're here to serve people. So what? It's hot. So what? The food is bad. So what? The, I mean, it's just, it, that's just part of, that's part of being a servant to other people. You go there and you go into their environment. Well, that's the way they live. You know, it's hot like that all the time for them. And the food is bad for them all, all the time for the people that it's that way. Now, where we were at, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the fellow that was overseeing the whole thing, uh, he, he, he assisted us. Uh, but you've you got to be careful. One of my, my favorite stories, and, and I know you've heard this story, but I just always like telling it, so we're going to tell it anyway. Uh, but uh, on the way over there, one of the fellows said, well, I'm from Texas, you know, so I can handle anything. <laughs> and, and it reminds me of the story there when Miriam and Aaron started uh, complaining about Moses. Moses thinks he's the only one to hear from God. We hear from God, too. And the very next verse says, and God heard it. You know, God hears things you say. He heard that fellow say, I'm from Texas, I can handle anything. And, and, and the Lord's like, take a note, write that down. Because uh, then when we get there, right, then we, there's a bunch of us, so we get split up in different locations, you know, where we're going to stay. And so that's where me and, and, and my friend Jerry, was, where we kind of got to know each other on that particular trip. We'd been to church together for years, but we didn't really know each other that well. So they stuck me and Jerry, they had... The church had bought a, a house just for visiting missionaries. 
And so they stuck us along with other folks in that house. Fully stocked refrigerator, you know, we got our own bedroom. Uh, well, we had a share room, but, but uh, uh, we got running water, we got a bathroom, you know, hot water, cold water, uh, you know, all the really important things, amen? Uh, and so, so we're, we're, but we didn't have to use a fully stocked refrigerator because we were close enough to, to, the, uh, to the bishop that was over that whole meeting. And we were invited to his house every day. It's big spread of food. I mean, like fried chicken, like good food, like fried chicken, mashed potatoes. You know, there was no gizzards or organs or nothing, right? No, no, uh, no crow's feet. It was it's all, it, all edible, right? There weren't any collard greens or nothing like that. It was all good stuff. Uh, and so, so uh, we didn't have to, we brought, you know, because you, you go on a trip like that, you got to take like rations. You got to take Pop-Tarts, you know, beanie weenies, things that can make it through a nuclear holocaust because you know you know how long you're going to be there and, and what they're going to feed you. And so you take all this stuff, right? Rations just in case. Uh, and so, so, but we didn't have to eat any of that stuff. But the guy from Texas, so he gets up, he gets hooked up with this other pastor. And so uh, they don't even have a room. So he stays in, a, in an office with a cot, not a mattress, just a cot. You know, those army cots just fold up, right? No mattress, just cot there. Uh, and no indoor plumbing. You had to go down a path outside and take all your supplies with you because there's nothing there, right? There's just, and it's only cold water. There's no hot water. Uh, and so, <laughs> and, so he, and, and the, the pastor's not feeding him. So he's eating Pop-Tarts and Beanie Weenies, right? And, and so, and of course, uh, us really spiritual people, Started just ragging on him every day, every time, every meeting, right? Hey, how's it going over there? What'd you eat today? Uh, and and what, what'd you guys eat? Well, we ate fried chicken, mashed potatoes, you know. And man, I just, I'm a, I may fall asleep. I ate so much, you know. Uh, and, and like the second day, he ran out of rations. And so he's with, he drive the pastor, taking him somewhere. Hey, can we stop and let me? No, I was going to buy some more food. No. And so he's, so now he's got nothing, right? So he's all of his food. And of course, you know, uh, you got to let them know that how, how good it is where we're at, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I haven't eaten any of my Pop-Tarts. I've still got them all in my box because, I mean, we're getting fed like kings every day, every day, right? And, and so uh, how's that bathroom going for you over there, right? How's the shower? Uh, and so uh, because we're super spiritual, amen? <laughs> and so, uh, so about the third day, I'm out of here. Uh, and so he's, I ain't going back there. I said, well, you can't come with us. You know, we've got this little bitty car. You know, it's like a Nissan. It's like a four-passenger car, and we already got like six people in there. I'm going with you guys. You can't fit in there. I'm, and he was not a small person, right? I mean, he, so somehow he crams himself into our car, right? I mean, it's just like, you know, like this right here the whole time. Uh, and, and every time we hit a bump, the wheels are hitting the, the, the wheel well of the car because it's, it's, you know, maximum load plus three, right, is what we were at. Uh, and so... We get to our house where we're staying. He walks in, and, and that's the closest I ever saw a Christian to just cuss right there. And just, he saw the house where we're staying at. You're staying here? Oh, yeah. So my, my room's over there. His room's over there, you know. And there were fully stocked refrigerators over there, never been touched. And uh, in the bathroom over there, running water, hot and cold water over there. Uh, and so, you know, I think about that, and God heard it. <laughs> God. So be careful because, you know, I know God hears everything, but when, when, he, when he calls those, and God heard it, that's just like, you know, mic drop, just boom, you know, and so just what's going to happen after that, I don't know, right? So God heard, I'm from Texas. <laughs> so I don't say, you know, I, I try not to elevate my personal ability to, to withstand anything, you know, my, my, my faith. What's that? Well, he finally dissed his pastor and came over with us, you know, and said he just moved in with us. Uh, and, and so uh, we didn't have mercy on him. He just took it on himself to, to, uh, to take it. And so uh, because we're, we're all the spiritual ones, right? And so, but he's from Texas. He could handle it, right? And so I, we just assumed that he was telling the truth. Uh, and so, but anyway, so uh, you, uh, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's fine. It, there's no scripture that says I can do all things because I'm from anywhere. You know, I could do all things because, you know, I grew up hard. But what, so what, right? I mean, you know, none of my kids grew up hard, uh, but, uh, you know, they've been taught faith. They could handle anything I could handle, not because of, of how hard or how easy they grew up, right? Uh, and people think that because of their, their background and their natural uh, experiences that they can deal with things better than other people can. Well, that, that's, that's foolishness, amen? And that's pride and arrogance, thinking that somehow you're more capable than your brother or sister because of your personal experiences. No, you can only be more capable if you walk in faith, amen? And the nice thing about that is all of us can do that. 
Amen. Doesn't matter what your experience is. If you've had a, if you lived like a king all your life, so what? That's fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. And people look down at people. Oh, you've got it so easy. So, I'm blessed of God. Amen. I have no shame in, in my ease of life that I have right now, uh, because I'm blessed of the Lord. Uh, does that mean I can't handle anything? Uh, you, this is go toe to toe, right? Uh, you know, I've been walking this uh, walk with the Lord for a long time, and I know how to depend on Him. Amen. Uh, and so Paul and Silas are praying and singing praises to God at midnight after having been beat, thrown into the pit, and locked up, uh, and accused of all manner of evil because they were being accused of things. They're singing and, and praising God. Uh, that's why it's hard for me to just listen to people just, man, 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 man. It's like, you just don't have, you, you, it's not that bad. Amen. Uh, you know, we, we, this is many years ago, but we had uh, someone come to church for a while, and, and I tried to help them, you know, and I, and I do try to help people uh, as best I can in some of these things. Uh, but every week they'd come to church. Oh, it's so hard. Really, what's going on? Well, I work in a bank, and, and in an air-conditioned bank, and, and I have to sit down, uh, but every now and then I have to carry like a bag of money, you know, and it's really heavy, and it's really hard. Uh, but I work really hard, and so some people don't like that I work hard, so, so they talk about me. And it, life is so hard. I'm thinking, that's it? Did they stab you or something? I mean, they poisoned your food? Or, or, I mean, did they shoot your dog? No, no, they, 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 they just don't like me. Really? That, I'm, I'm waiting for the punchline, right? Or, I mean, did they, like, shock you or something? Or, or steal your, your cookies? Or, I mean, what'd they do? No, they just, they talked about me. You know, and I, well, so, so, you know, maybe, maybe you're there for a reason. You know, maybe God wants you there to... to Show people how to be a good, you know, good steward of, of your job and, and be an example. And, oh, it's so hard. I just, I don't know if I can handle it or not. And it's just, it was just so hard for me to just let nothing. Grow up! <laughs> Quit being a baby! I mean, that's it. I mean, they talked about you. I mean, you know, sometimes in our, in our polite society, the smallest thing just, oh, I can't believe they think that about me. That, that's the worst they got is somebody thinks bad about you. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. Really? That's it? They didn't beat you to within an inch of your life or, you know, throw you in a pit or, you know, lock you up in chains? Uh, well, no, they didn't do any of that stuff, you know. I mean, it just, uh, they, they, uh, but they did, t- they, they, they did talk about me at work the other day and, and, and called me a name. Uh, and so, you know, generally I won't say anything, but I'll probably have a thought or two when people, you know, and, and, I, and I was really gracious to, the, to this because I really wanted to help her because, you know, sometimes people think that God uh, like we said the other day, that God puts you in difficult situations to purify you, which is a big lie. But he does ask you sometimes to go into a situation that may be difficult for, on your flesh. Right? And, and no doubt, I have no doubt that God put that woman in that bank to assist and show other people the love of God and how, how you should be diligent and a hard worker regardless of whether they liked it or not. Uh, and, and she should have used her faith to overcome whatever inconvenient uh, social uh, things they were doing against her, right? Uh, just comments about her work ethic or whatever, and that they didn't like her. And, um, that's it. She should use her faith to overcome the, the slight mental anguish that was causing her in order to fulfill the call of God that he had placed her there for that reason. Amen? So it's not that, that, the, the, it's not that you won't go through difficult situations, but God didn't put that in there for your benefit. He puts you in there for somebody else's benefit. And if you're willing to go, he will put you through things like that, not, not for your purpose, because who else is going to help those people out? Who else is willing to go to that situation and deal with all the grief of that uh, except for you? You may be the only one willing to do that uh, because God loves those people, and, but a hundred people said no before you. Now, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to that situation. I'm not going to go sleep in that cot because uh, I'm from Texas, right? And so <laughs> sleep on the cot. You know, if I'd slept on a cot, I'd, wouldn't, nobody had ever known. I'd slept on a cot, and then I had a great story. Man, I slept on a cot. Don't you feel bad for me? I mean, I'd love to tell that story, right? Uh, now, I don't mind telling the story. I slept on a nice bed uh, either because it's, it's even more funny because of the guy from Texas, right? Uh, and so, but see, so Paul, so Paul is, is writing to the same Philippians to, to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice to the same Philippians that he was in their prison at in their city uh, and, and, was, and was showing them by example, hey, when I was there, that's what I was doing, so you guys do that too. I was in your prison, you're at church, I was in your prison, in your city, now I'm telling you while you're at your church, 
to always rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. And so we should find that you're not rejoicing for anything, right? You're not rejoicing for the stocks. You're not rejoicing for the beatings. You're not rejoicing that you're in this difficult situation. You're rejoicing because God loves you and that he will get you out of this. He will deliver you from all evil, right? The Bible says that many other afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of how many? All of them, amen? He didn't say he would, uh, that, that you would avoid all afflictions. He said many of the, are the afflictions of the righteous. So there are a lot of afflictions that try to come into your life. And the Bible says he will deliver you out of them all. Did he, did he eventually deliver Paul and Silas out of this? He did. But they were in this affliction. Well, <clears throat> well what was the purpose of being in the affliction? Because they were preaching the gospel. There, there was no inherent... See, sometimes people say, well, God's going to get glory out of their beatings. Their beatings were there because they were giving God the glory. Uh, and, and so, you know, you've you got to get out of this martyr mindset. Well, I'm going to be beat for the glory of God. There's no glory of God in their beatings. It was complete uh, demonic uh, reaction to them preaching the gospel. Them preaching the gospel was giving glory to God. Them singing praises to God in midnight was giving glory to God. But the beatings and the, and the incarceration was not what was giving glory to God. Amen. Rejoicing is what's giving glory to God. So rejoice no matter what comes your way, and the Lord will always deliver you. That's, the, that's what we can learn from that, because that's, that's the example we see. Paul said to do that, and he showed by example. Here's the value of doing that. You'll, you'll get out of these things if your faith is that God will deliver you out of, out of all circumstances. And so will you ever have to deal with, with difficult situations? No doubt you will. If you're a person of faith, you will have to deal with difficult situations. But if you believe God, he will get you out of them all. And just think of the testimony now. Uh, I mean, we're, we're about out of time, but the rest of it, it says uh, in verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing the prisoners had been fled. Well, why was he going to kill himself? Because his boss would have done it for him if he hadn't taken care of it himself. So he said, well, I'm going to die anyway. I'm going to die in my own hand as opposed to getting my head cut off or halfway cut off and torture me to death. I'd rather just get it over with quickly. And that's what he's thinking, right? Uh, you know, nowadays, if you did this, uh, you're going to get written up. HR's going to write you up. Like, oh, my life's over. Uh, no, no uh, that you don't get murdered for making a mistake today. Amen. Uh, but they were going to murder him, and so uh, he figured he would cut him off at the pass and do it himself. But Paul cried out in verse 28 with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Which is amazing because somehow Paul's uh, worshiping, Paul and Silas's worshiping of the Lord impacted all these prisoners so much that nobody moved. Right? Now, now, clearly Paul wouldn't have moved. That's fine, right? Because he didn't have an unction to move. But what about all the other people? You know, these were not all good people, amen? Some of these people were probably there for cause. Uh, no one moved. The power of God was that precious that nobody was willing to move. Uh, and, and so uh, the jailer saw that, of course. He sprang in, came trembling, fell down before Paul and Silas, and brought them out, saying, Sirs, what, what must I do to be saved? And, of course, they said, Believe on the Lord, Jesus Christ, and I'll be saved and thy household. So a revival happened because of Paul's willingness to always walk by faith, Amen. He didn't thank the Lord for being beat. I know sometimes people say, and it's perfectly fine, that, you know, that uh, it's an honor to suffer for the Lord, and it is, amen, uh, and you count it as an honor for, for that. But we're not thanking the Lord for the suffering. We're thanking the Lord that, uh, uh, that in His work that we were called to do His work, and, and in His will, doing His work sometimes, sometimes people don't like that. Uh, and so, so this was a big move of God. Of course, all those other people, in it, when, when the jail starts shaking, all the doors come open, would you move? Fine, well, you know, I mean, you, you probably, because there's a lot of superstition in these types of cultures, you know, they would have thought they would have got struck dead immediately, and so nobody moved. That, to me, that's an amazing, just as amazing as the whole thing happening to begin with, nobody, not a single prisoner ran out, amen? Uh, and so, so uh, it's, it's always good to have, Paul said, the rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice, it's just always good to have a, an attitude of rejoicing in everything. Uh, has, uh, have you ever complained? I, I, don't, I don't know many people who have not complained about something, right? It's too hot. You know, the red lights are too many. I mean, that's always a good one, right? How many red lights do we need? I mean, you know, do we need one per capita? I think we do. Almost, we're uh, One more, and I think we got one per person in all of Dayton. Amen. 
Uh, and so, uh, you know, if we would rejoice more, we would murmur less. Amen. Uh, you know, for me, a lot of things doing work of the Lord. I, I just, you know, I went over to when I went over to uh, Ireland, and I complain about things. You know, about the. Uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, they, they were super gracious people and there was really nothing to complain about anyway. But I've been on lots of trips in third world countries and, and there's just nothing there, right? I mean, it's just the food or the water, you know, the, uh, the, the, the services, whatever. Just there, the, you could complain about things, but I, I'm not going to complain. I'm there to be a servant of the Most High God. Amen. Uh, and so, so I think we're scheduling, uh, what, a, like a three-day mission trip here uh, next, uh, next month or two, right? <laughs> Not a two-day. It'd be a three-day mission trip, right? And so and then we're going to take notes on day three. <laughs> Praise God. Well, let's pray, let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And, Lord, you, you told us, instructed us through the hands of Paul to rejoice in the Lord always. And, again, I say rejoice. So, Father, we choose to rejoice because you are the, you are the giver of, of all things, Father. We choose to rejoice because our destiny is set in heaven. We choose to rejoice because you are the deliverer of us in every situation. Regardless of what we walk through, Father, you're there with us. If they throw us in the fire, you'll walk with us in the fire. If they throw us in a den, Father, you'll be with us in, a, in the lion's den. If they throw us in the pits of the, of the prison, Father, you are there with us. You are there with us everywhere we go. And so, Father, how can we not rejoice? You are the great God of the earth. You're the great king of our lives. Father, you're the great uh, deliverer and the, and the great hope of all that we do, Father, all that we know. And so, Lord, we thank you for these things. We give you praise for them, Father, honor for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this evening's offering and um, appreciate y'all's faithfulness in giving. Amen. Is the Lord, if we're faithful in giving, is the Lord faithful to, to give back to us? He is. Amen. He said in his word that if we give, that with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give it to our bosom. Uh, and there, of course, there are many scriptures just like that, that uh, it's always good. Uh, it's always good to give. And I like what uh, some of the folks said in Second Chronicles 29. It says, uh, uh, <clears throat> we're just giving back to you. You've given us all things. So we're just giving back to you that which you've given to us by your generous hand. Uh, and, so, and that's a good mentality to have. Every time you give is, Lord, Lord uh, you gave me everything. So all I'm doing when I give is giving you back things that you've already given to me. And that's a really a good uh, faith uh, attitude to have. Amen. And so come in, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. <clears throat> and so are we still online right now, Jared? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and I do, of course, I don't know if anybody's uh, who's ever watching the show, of the, uh, the, the uh, service today, um, if uh, uh, you can go to our website, if you want to participate in giving, you can go to our website at DaytonWOT.org. And um, there's a button on there that says give, and you can participate in the giving as well. Amen. And, I, and you know, my, my encouragement would be if the service had been a blessing to you, you know, uh, you can give. Don't send your tithes here. We don't want your tithes. But you can give uh, in support of the work of the Lord. Amen. Uh, and so, all right. Uh, well, be blessed. Have a wonderful week. And we'll see you on um, Sunday, right?